The real JFK assassination is the kingdom hearts we made along the way. Well, I'm going to talk about eco-terrorism. Got too excited about jorts. I'm leaving now with my Roomba or your blood on my hands. I'm back. Back on my bullshit. What is meme if not air horn persevering? No, this is... This is not a family show. And I quote, many American titties. Why'd you have to bring Dane Cook to this, Andrew? No one wanted that. Oh, you guys are not ready for what I've got today. And I've apparently hit the very end of my attention span. Give me like 30 seconds. I'm looking for rhymes. I'm doing a podcast. Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and that with Sony's acquisition of Bungie, we're really only 10-ish years away from the entire AAA games industry becoming one giant and literal Ouroboros symbol. I'm, I'm Not so a joke, mad. it's accurate. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like there's no humor to be derived from that. It's just gonna happen. Yeah. Um, credit to you for just seamlessly using the word Ouroboros. Yeah, he's really yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey. The, the snake eating its own tail. Love it. Yeah, exactly. A, it's a, a rare drop. Word. Yeah, a rare, dro- a rare drop of light in this everlasting darkness. <laughs> <laughs> well, friends, today we're embarking on another great flavor text adventure. This one was commissioned by master debater the Harmacist, and is one very close to my own heart. Today, friends, we are embarking on the wild and wacky journey that is Dark Horses Netflix's The Umbrella Academy. Yay, we're finally doing it. We're doing it. I can't wait to hear about this series that I have not consumed in any way, shape, or form. I have wanted to do an Umbrella Academy flavor text for so long. I remember at one point saying we should coordinate this flavor text with the release of season two of the Umbrella Academy. Yep. That was two years ago. And went. This was <laughs> yep. written. This was on the schedule planned and we swapped it out for our very first uh, commissioned one. Yep. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's been a long time coming, but joining me for a very timey wimey romp through this new age comic are Andrew. I think we're alone now. Henderson, Todd, Istanbul, not Constantinople, Thomas. And Kyle, don't stop me now, Harper. Ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah, pick Kyle. They're all, Go ahead, they're Kyle. all songs used in the Netflix show. They are all songs used in the Netflix show. I don't really talk about it too much. I note these three songs, but the soundtrack for the Umbrella Academy is a, a decent plus. A decent portion of the budget went to the, the music licensing for the show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a lot of notes to get through today, so I don't have much fluffy introduction. Guys, I want to get right into it. What do you all know about the Umbrella Academy? Nothing. <laughs> Next. Um, there's a guy named Klaus who has a brother who's a ghost, and the ghost <laughs> shows up, and uh, his name is number two or 14. Oh, yeah, One they're all numbered. They're all numbered. Yeah. Um, I've watched, all numbered. I've watched a season and a half of the show. Um. So I know most of what you're going to talk about today. Um, it's it's very good. And I only stopped watching it because severe ADHD. Let's say severe ADHD. <laughs> it's, 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 I did like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, a quick note. I want to tell you, the listener, how this episode is going to be organized. The first half of this episode is all about the background of the Umbrella Academy, both in real life and in universe. 
It's not totally spoiler free, but if you haven't watched the show, you should be able to make it through the first half of this episode without spoiling the show for yourself. The back half of this episode is going to be a beat-by-beat plot synopsis of both seasons of the Netflix show. If you're not into that sort of thing and want to watch the show first, feel free to pause in the middle and come back later. I promise to give you plenty of warning before we enter spoiler territory, but only if you promise to come back and finish the episode. Good. That's what I thought you'd say. (laughs) As always, there will be a link to an Imgur page for the referenced images in this episode. Check the show notes for that. All right, let's go. Well, friends, the year is 2006. MySpace is the king of social media. Facebook is mostly for college kids. And Twitter just launched, much to everyone's general dissatisfaction. Ah, yes, the beginning of the end. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow a, a better time, though. A simpler simpler time. time. Yeah. Certainly a simpler time. When it came to comic book publishers, Marvel and DC had just short of 70% of the market share. But with 5.6% of the market per Diamond Comic distributors, distributors, that was a weird (laughs) way to say that word, distributors, Dark Horse was the third largest publisher in comics. Dark Horse was famous for a few things in the early 2000s. They shared profits generated by books and related merchandise with creators. They published the comics for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Sin City, and 300. And they were one of the very few American publishers to never display the Comics Code Authority seal on its cover. Have we talked a lot about the Comics Code Authority before? We talked about it in our social justice comics. Would would yeah. one of you guys do mind doing like a tight 30 seconds it's, on the comics code? It's um keep keep comics squeaky cl- clean. It's the explicit con- okay. explicit content lyrics stamp for comics. Like if you see the comics code authority, it. it means it's safe for your kid, safe for your white upstanding children to consume. <laughs> well, and, and until you until you said like the white upstanding children like yeah. it what you were describing prior to that was the best version of it. Yeah. The worst version being like the original version that we got that was like, you know, villains can't be complex. They're always bad. Also, they can't have guns. Only cops have guns, which that aged well. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> cops can never be villains and everybody yeah, has to are, live all of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, parents can't get divorced. They just die. Yeah, um, exactly. If we're going 2000, if we're starting in 2006 off of this, um, Dark Horse would have been a a name of like a, a more household name at this point as Sin City just yeah. came out the year before. Yeah. The movie, the Sin City movie came out Got the it. year before. Um, we are. And where is Hellboy in this timeline? Hel- the Hellboy movie. Hellboy is two years, two years prior. So oh, 2004. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Cool. So elsewhere in pop culture, an emo band from Newark, New Jersey, was poised to release their third studio album after recovering from the (laughs) only lineup change in the band's history. And on September 11th, 2006, that little emo band released this generation's Sweet Caroline. On October 23rd of 2006, that band, My Chemical Romance, released the album of the same name, The Black Parade. Just to be clear, are you calling Welcome to the Black Parade the 
the sweet Carolina of our generation. I am. I am doing that. Yes. Cool. Uh, okay. I would I'm say it's the that. Bohemian yeah, that's, that's Rap city of our generation. Yeah. Gonna, I mean, I'm you could just say as that. equally say <laughs> that the, uh, the killer's Mr. Brightside is the Sweet Caroline. You know, yeah, it's college one better. It's yeah. it's a seminal touchstone in our musical history. Got yeah. it. Yeah, I I would actually say uh, Ti's <laughs> Ti's, what, Ti's whatever you like is the Sweet Caroline of our generation because that'll get people going. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, we're moving on. <laughs> anyway, behind the scenes, MCR frontman Gerard Way was fighting a personal war with drugs and alcohol, as well as dealing with his own mental health and gender identity problems. On tour through Japan, a fan gifted Gerard Way a marker set, which re-sparked their childhood love of drawing and unknowingly sparked the story of the Umbrella Academy. Wait, are you saying the guy from My Chemical Romance made an Umbrella Academy? The I have no idea. The of sure My did. Chemical Romance they is sure the creator did. of the Umbrella Academy. That's I know so you cool. told me that, but I absolutely did not remember that. I love that. Is this the second comic by a prolific emo band from New York, New Jersey that we're going to talk about on this show? <laughs> oh my You're God. goddamn <laughs> the right. Is we yes! The second one we were commissioned to talk about on this show. Uh, I am a victim. I love that this is the niche of our show now. <laughs> And just so it's out there, Gerard Way uses both he and they pronouns. I kind of switch back and forth throughout the notes, so follow along as you need. Way actually created his first comic at the age of 16 in 1993. It was a series called On Raven's Wings. It was published by Boneyard Press. Unfortunately, they lost their art team after the second issue and the series was canceled. You could say that it was unfortunate, but... Then he stopped writing comics and formed My Chemical Romance, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks after the release of The Black Parade, the first official Umbrella Academy story was published. On November 2nd, 2006, Mondu, a two-page short story featuring only two of the Umbrella Academy, Umbrella Academy cast of characters, hit Dark Horse's website. Now, the first printed story of the series was a one-off title called But the Past Ain't Through With You. It hit shelves on May 5th, 2007 as part of Dark Horse's free comic day issue. A few months later, in September of 2007, the first comic book limited series of the Umbrella Academy titled Apocalypse Suite released its first issue, The, Th the Day the Eiffel Tower Went Berserk with Gabriel Ba joining as the series full-time title. These are great titles so mm -hmm. far. Um, yeah. Matt, can I ask what two characters appeared in Mondu? Yes, it is uh, the seance, and also I have to pull up my other giant thing of wikis, but I have it right here. Uh, it is the seance and number five. Okay. Yeah. I had to do some digging for that one. Lost my place. Okay. So uh, Apocalypse Suite released in 2007 and the Umbrella Academy Apocalypse Suite won the Eisner Award for Best Limited Series in 2008. So for those keeping track of Gerard Way's life, they released Welcome to the Black Parade at the end of 2006 and then won an Eisner Award for Best Limited Comics Series like 14 months later. Wow. 
Yeah. Wow. Pretty big year. Readers got some bonus Umbrella Academy in July of 2007 when an eight-page short story entitled Safe and Sound was released as part of Dark Horse Presents Volume 2, a Dark Horse anthology comic which appeared monthly exclusively on Dark Horse's MySpace page. Which will be the most 2008 sentence in this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it turns I out it. I learned in researching this that Dark Horse released a lot of their comics exclusively on MySpace. The first comic that they ever published was called Dark Horse Presents. It was an anthology. And that series shifted to a MySpace exclusive in like 2005, web, 2006. Web comics and like short yeah. web series were huge at this time. Um, yeah. There was like a whole like The Office spinoff that existed yeah. only online. Like, well, that And that Office spinoff was pretty much why the writer's strike of 2008 happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, this was also to reference our Homestar Runner episode. This was about the time in my life that I got up uh, every Monday to, to to read Penny Arcade, and oh, uh, yeah, and as well as Homestar Runner and like all the other ones that came out. Because yeah, yeah, you would go to the website, go to the web comic. Yeah, man, yeah. this era of internet was so rad, right? <laughs> Wasn't it? Th this is our nostalgia. Like this, for the rest of our lives, this, this is era, our nostalgia. This is our nostalgia. Yeah, this is what we are going to be seem going going to be tirelessly recreating for the until we die. This is what. Yeah. This is also what Wordle is tapping into and why I have to play that stupid game every day. You mean the New York <laughs> Times presented Wordle? Is that real? Did they really buy Wordle? Yeah. I'm yeah, so to mad. Date, to date this episode that we're recording, that purchase happened today for... We already dated it with the Sony thing. I'm so yeah, upset. Low, low seven figures. Mm. Okay, well, we're not talking about Wordle today. We're talking about the Umbrella <laughs> Academy. This is now a Wordle podcast. The second podcast. limited series of Umbrella Academy titled Dallas released its first issue, The Jungle, on November 26, 2008. The Dallas era of Umbrella Academy also got a short story. This one was titled Anywhere But Here and was, you guessed it, a MySpace exclusive. Ah. Now Which one went on, uh, went on exclusive on Zanga? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> now, the third limited series titled Hotel Oblivion was announced in 2009 to be released in 2010, but that didn't happen. The late 2000s were a really strange time for Gerard Way and My Chemical Romance. The band released Danger Days, The True Lives of the Fabulous Killjoys on November 22nd, 2010. The fourth studio album from MCR was not received with the same vigor as Black Parade or Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. MCR started going through drummers at a spinal tapian pace and glammy emo rock was being phased out by the newer metalcore and post-hardcore sounds re-attack attack and a day to remember. Thank you for laughing at my spinal tap joke. I blew it, right through that laughter, it, but thanks it was for laughing really good. At it. It's it's hard to follow up like a cla uh, a classic like high concept album with another high concept album. Yeah, that's mm. More or less what look, happened. Look at you, Green Day. Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> Way pivoted from Umbrella Academy, opting to turn MCR's pseudo-concept album Killjoys into a comic, and then announced that he would be focusing on his solo career after MCR called it quits in 2013. 
As with most things people say after a breakup, this was a lie. And Wei announced that he would begin work on Hotel Oblivion and a fourth series of Umbrella Academy in 2014. In 2014, Wei also got his ticket punched by Marvel when it was announced that he would be creating a character for Edge of Spider-Verse. He introduced Penny Parker, a Japanese-American Spider-Man, and her biomech spider suit, SPDR, who were included in the End of the Spider-Verse movie. Amazing. That's That's pretty cool. Yeah. Dang. Right? On October 3rd, 2018, the first issue of Hotel Oblivion, titled Evil, was published by Dark Horse. A few months later, on February 15th, 2019, the first season of The Umbrella Academy was released on Netflix. Now, a little backstory about how we got to a Netflix show. There was actually a film version of Umbrella Academy optioned by Universal Studios sometime between 2010 and 2013. There was a script written. It changed writer hands, the whole nine, but it died on the table. It was announced in 2015 that the film would instead be developed into a series, and it was announced in 2017 that this series was greenlit by Netflix. After the series premiered, 45 million households watched season one in its first month, making it one of the most streamed series on the platform of 2019. It was renewed for a second season a month later, and the second season was released in 2020, with the third due sometime in 2022. Cool. Yeah. Gerard Way announced in 2020 that he had begun work on the fourth Umbrella Academy limited series entitled The Sparrow Academy, and no release date for these books has yet been given. Um, okay, Matt, so dumb question. Are these individual graphic novels like you just buy like the first book of an Umbrella Academy, or are these actually issues in, a vol- in volumes? Yeah, so uh, the first three series, so Apocalypse Suite, Dallas, and Hotel Oblivion, are six-issue miniseries. So they came out in six individual monthly released books. There is also a trade paperback. Yeah. Yeah. um, Like graphic novel that includes the short stories that line up in the timeline with the characters. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, Hmm. speaking of characters, let's get into some characters and background here. This is the time to open up that Imgur link. So I'll give you all a second to click that. Opened. Sorry, listeners at home. You have to wait. Yeah, pull over if you're driving. Make sure you pull over. Get on the side of the road and just open that imager link (laughs) because you're going to need to do it. These are rad. You got to do me one thing. If you haven't already, skip ahead. Do not scroll the whole way to the bottom. There's a there's a secret image. It's the last one. Don't go there. All right. So. Who are the Umbrella Academy? Well, that is a question that can't be answered without some history. Now, fair warning, this is arguably the strangest, least believable thing in this entire (laughs) comic, save one thing that happens in the Netflix universe, which I will point out later. So stay with me. I'm pretty sure we can handle it, Matt. All right. You hit us with old man consequence. (laughs) Like (laughs) nothing else matters. We cannot be phased. All right. Well, I'm taking note of those statements because on the same day, at the same time, 43 babies are born simultaneously 
with no explanation or previous pregnancy from their mothers. Now, in the Netflix show, this happens on October 1st, 1989, for a yet unknown, undisclosed reason. However, in the comics, this happens in 1950 at 9.38 p.m., the exact moment that Tusslin' Tom Gurney <laughs> defeats a space squid from Riggle X9 in a wrestling match with an atomic flying elbow. Yeah, I mean... Amazing. Makes um, sense. I've, quick, I've got... Quick yeah, question. I, is this an is this a sanctioned wrestling match? <laughs> same actually same question. Yes. It's a big event. There's a ring okay. people are watching. Yes. Okay. Um Amazing. I, okay, awesome. that's that's the weird question to dial in on. Um I was going to ask more about the pregnancy. Uh the the mothers there was no explanation or previous pregnancy like suddenly women just had babies. They just go yes. and, went into went into labor with a full immediately went into labor. Yep. Yep. All at the same time, completely unconnected in different places all over the world. Now, the weird thing is in the comics, all those women spit out white babies. The Netflix show yeah. did a little bit better. Ah, right, <laughs> yeah. 2006 was a different time. Right. <laughs> so in either continuity, Sir Reginald Hargraves travels the world trying to locate and adopt, read that as buy, as many of these babies as possible. Okay. He comes away with seven of them and announces in a press conference that he intends to train these babies as a superhero fighting force to save the world. And thus, the Umbrella <laughs> Academy is born. <laughs> it's coming out swinging, huh? Like coming every out swinging. <laughs> like every found family trope story, the Umbrella Academy have their fair share of non-supervillain-related conflicts and relationships. Gerard Way actually said in an interview that the behaviors and relationships of the Umbrella Academy as a whole is largely modeled on the members of My Chemical Romance and their experience touring together as a band. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that's fun. I like yeah. that. All right. Any questions re-space pregnancy before we jump into individual characters? Can I can I say, just to defend, this is, this is absolutely bonkers, but like, I like... I like that. It's just like, yeah, 46 babies were born at the same time. Who cares? Like, it doesn't matter. Yep. Stop asking questions. That is yeah. move on. That to me like, is, is like the uh, the difference between a lot of the other like insane things we talk about. Yeah. Is a lot of the other ones will like backtrack and try and be like, no, it makes sense because this is like, yeah. no, this is comic. This is comic book shenanigans like yeah, it's just like that's just like, that's the that's the gimmick. That's that's the, the thing. Yeah. Now these now, babies Matt, were born. We don't know why. Now, Matt, if if in two and a half hours from now you fucking tell me that somebody's time traveling to Immaculate Concept forty six babies, I'm gonna get out of this. He's gonna call. rescind his. He's gonna rescind <laughs> gonna his res praises. I'm gonna resend my praise. Yeah. Yes, I'm okay. worried about something like that. Couple yeah. of things. <laughs> Thing one, it's forty three, not forty six babies. Thing two, at no point ever is any explanation given Good. about the pregnancies. At least not. Nor yet. should it be. Perfect. Yeah. In the yep. comics. All they say is that at 9.38 p.m. in 1950, Tusslin' Tom Gurney defeats a space squid from Riggle X9 <laughs> in a wrestling match with an atomic flying elbow. Okay. However, they have not connected the lines as to why those two things happen. So, like, it's very much correlation equals not causation. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, I mean, is a, that is a comic trope that I love, too, because it's not this is yeah. not the only thing where where it's been like ridiculous thing happened at the same time 
equally ridiculous thing happened. Um, are they connected? Yeah. Are they not? We don't know. Is the that, universe is weird. Is that like the uh, the preview text before every issue? Like, I, I could, I could see that, that just being like when you open an issue, you know what I mean? Like on the back cover, it's just yeah. like in 1958, Tussle and Tom hit, <laughs> fought Ragnac 7. It's, it's the, the, the series me. version of and then the Fire Nation attacked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you'll see as we get into storyline, we do not meet or really interact as readers or viewers with the Umbrella Academy at the beginning of their story. We join the Umbrella Academy kind of in a similar way that like the Watchmen movie did where like they were superheroes a while ago and we're here now. So each issue does not start with the explained backstory. It you get it through different flashbacks and stuff. And I believe that the first book goes into some pretty heavy detail the Netflix series like opens with the backstory and then they don't really touch on it again. Cool. Got it. Do we ever meet Tussle and Tom Gurney and or the space squid or do we ever go to Riggle X9? Do we see the atomic flying elbow in the Netflix <laughs> show? No. In the comics, maybe I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't have time to read all the comics before we did this. So I know that the panels exist for the wrestling match we see that atomic sure. flying elbow happen but i don't think that we ever go and meet tussling tom gurney okay cool i'm ready right to on. move on yeah i'm good <laughs> perfect so let's meet some of the members of the academy as the kids aged and their powers became apparent sir reginald hargraves numbered them in order of usefulness oh. after they began completing that public sucks. missions the children earned code names, but it's unclear if the code names were given by Hargraves or the public media. I'm sorry. I do have a question. So it was never established that they had powers until he just said, I'm going to raise them with powers. Yes, exactly. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I didn't miss something. Okay. okay. Yep. If you couldn't guess, Hargraves wasn't exactly a caregiver. So he built a robotic woman named mom who eventually gave all the kids real first names. I love this is this is real pulpy, real like I pulp yeah, science fiction, pulp <laughs> science fiction. So in. And if you're not on board, you need to accept that this is going to get real, going to stay real pulpy the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. The, one of my favorite Disney original series is uh, Smart House. So I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> same and same. Perfect. So the first character we're going to meet today is number one also known as Space Boy, real name Luther Hargraves, played in the Netflix show by Tom Hopper. He is images one and two in that Imgur link. First image is his comic version. Second image is his Netflix version. The beefy boy. I did not know yeah. the difference in between the two versions, and I am intrigued, and I like, I like both versions for, like, what they are. Like, because... The one... Because the the comic version would look really weird, executed like that in real life, and the Netflix version wouldn't look nearly as cool in comic book form. Yeah, the the Netflix version gives me, um, at least from this angle, the head of a hairy Ron Swanson on a hairy (laughs) muscular body, and the comic version is just giving me Earthworm Jim vibes. Yeah. Kind of looks like Earthworm Jim. Yeah. So all of that stuff is accurate. 
right? Let's talk about the comic origin for number one. He has enhanced strength and durability. He also excels at basically everything he does, leading him to be the youngest person sent to space and earning him the codename Space Boy. He's a real Captain America type. Hmm. On a later mission to Mars, he was critically injured and Reginald Hargraves surgically transplanted his head onto the body of a Martian gorilla. Amazing. All right. That makes sense. Yep. Yep. Say no more. So in his Netflix origin, it's the same original power set from the comics. Number one is the team's leader and is fiercely loyal to his father. He's the only Umbrella Academy member not to leave the organization, and he was sent on a solo mission to stop a biochemical threat. That mission did not go well, and to save his life, Reginald Hargraves injects him with a serum that gives him an ape-like physiology. Then he sends him to the moon. All right. Cool. I I think it's going to be a trend, and I want to point it out now. Like I like the net, <laughs> that the Netflix version is like just as pulpy, but like it's TV pulp, yeah, and not yeah. comics pulp. <laughs> like it's it's like okay, it no Martian gorillas here, but like his DNA <laughs> is rewritten. Like you get it, right? Yeah, you get yeah. it. You get it. Like it's, it's like 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 Riverdale pulp. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, yeah, it's it's the same. It the beats are like the the themes are all there. The echoes sound the same, but it's like it's changed enough to go down a little smoother on the on TV than in comics. Like, mm-hmm. it a plus good 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 stuff. Good soup. Good soup. So let's move on to number two, also known as the Kraken real name Diego Hargraves, played by David Castaneda in the Netflix show Images 3 and 4 in your Imgur link. Okay. Okay. Now, Diego's comic book origin, Reginald Hargraves describes number two as an insolent brat. He's the most rebellious member of the family and goes on a regular solo patrol to take down drug dealers. He has the ability to hold his breath indefinitely, which Reginald Hargraves originally <laughs> designated as not useful, but he's also really good at throwing knives, so they kept right. him around. I feel cool. like Reginald Hargraves <laughs> is unimaginative if he doesn't see how holding your breath forever is incredibly right. useful. Right? Uh, also of note, Diego in the comics has a fierce rivalry with Luther. And his Netflix origin, Diego is rebellious, impulsive, brash, showy, and emotional. After leaving the Umbrella Academy, he goes on as a solo vigilante. He has a deep emotional connection to his robot mom because she was the only one who helped him overcome a debilitating stutter. His superpower, and this is one of the characters that they changed the most for the Netflix show, but I really like this. His superpower is trajectory manipulation, meaning he can curve or even stop the trajectory of anything he throws. In season two, he's also seen redirecting bullets that are fired at him. Yeah, from what I remember of the show, he does a lot of bullet time slash like um, like wanted style good knife tricks and and bullet time things. 
Yeah, you certainly all remember when Wanted came out and we all started to try curving bullets with Nerf guns. <laughs> Diego is just that. Right on. Let's move on to yeah. number three, also known as The Rumor, real named Allison Hargraves, portrayed by Emmy Raver Lampman uh, in the Netflix series. Pictures five and six in your Imgur link. For those thinking Emmy Raver Lampman looks a little familiar, she was also in Hamilton. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. So the comic origin, number three, has the power to manipulate reality by lying. The Umbrella Academy wiki explains this pretty eloquently, saying, if she says anything that is not true, then reality will adjust so that it is. She uses this power by beginning statements with, I heard a rumor. She lost an arm at one point, but it came back. Also, her vocal cords were destroyed, but repaired in a forced surgery. Also, also, her and Luther have a lot of feelings between them, but it sort of seems like she's just using him to get through a divorce. Eh. Fun fact, Gerard Way says he sees the most of himself in Allison as a character. Hmm. That, those are cool powers, like reality manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. That's like some uh, some fish people shit from D and D where they they like pray <laughs> that it happens and it happens and it's weird. So her Netflix origin, they tighten up her powers a little bit by saying that her reality manipulation is tied to the phrase "I heard a rumor." Reginald Hargrave uses Three's power to mind wipe Vanya, who don't worry, you'll meet her soon. Allison left the Academy, started a family, became an actress, got a divorce, typical things. She's also instrumental in the civil rights movement of the 1960s, but we'll get there. Um, to, to, make a, to make a comparison for Todd and Andrew, um, the Netflix version of her at least ha- puts off the same, casts the same shadow as like Kilgrave from Jessica Jones. Got it. Okay. Question. Uh, timeline question. I thought Hit you me. said that the show starts in 1989. It does. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Bo- both A and B are true. Got it. Exactly. I will say kind of to touch on what Kyle said. We'll talk about this a little bit more through this flavor text, but I want to make sure it comes up. Everybody knows who the Umbrella Academy is because they Mm -hmm. were very public when they were like 10 years old. And as they have sort of aged, many of them have tried to get away from their persona with the Umbrella Academy. Allison seems to be the one that when other people find out what her power is, they are the most uncool with it because it is like kind of mind control. Uh, and that divorce, which is a bit of a character trait that doesn't get touched on heavily in the plot, happened because her husband caught Allison using her powers to calm down the baby that they had together. And uh, he was pretty uncool with her mind controlling the baby. And the court gave her husband full custody of, of the kid. So that doesn't really come Arguable. up much in the plot, but... Yeah, like Kyle said, it is a little kill gravy. Her reality manipulation is not well received by many people mm-hmm. outside of her inner circle. It sounds as though Gerard Way is working through some of the struggles of fame through this comic book series <laughs> yeah. as well. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to number four, also known as the Seance, or Klaus Hargraves, uh, portrayed by Robert Sheehan in the Netflix series Images 7 and 8 in your Imgur link. I like Klaus a lot. I talked about Klaus on a recent episode of Debate This. It'll be linked in the show notes if you want to go back and listen to that episode. I tell you which one it is, but I don't remember. Klaus is a very fun character in the the show. Very fun. I like Klaus a lot. Uh, Let's talk about his comic book origin. Number four has a lot of hand wavy powers. He's also the only Umbrella Academy member to die and come back to life. His listed comic powers include telekinesis, communicating with the dead, channeling the dead, communicating through airwaves, possessing people, immortality and levitation. He would be a force of nature if not for his drug and alcohol abuse. It's also noted that Reginald experimented more on Klaus than the others, making him, in Vanya's words, crueler and more withdrawn. And a fun fact about about Klaus, creator Gerard Way described Klaus as his quote-unquote Doctor Strange and said that he's modeled largely after Gerard Way's on-stage persona in My Chemical Romance. So comic book version has what I, I guess, like what I would describe as like poltergeist powers. Like, yeah, if you saw it in the movie Poltergeist. He can do it. OK, that's pretty much it. And I really like the Netflix version of Klaus. The drug and alcohol abuse is the same for both characters, but leads to much different character development in the comic books than it does in the Netflix series. So the drugged out burnout adult Klaus in the comics is a much different strung out druggy than the drugged out burned out Klaus in the Netflix series. If that makes sense. Moving on. The next character we're going to talk about is number five portrayed by Aiden Gallagher in the Netflix series. Number five is images nine and 10 in your Imgur link. Now, you may notice something different about number five. For those not looking at the Imgur links, Todd or Andrew, who hasn't watched any of this series, what could you pinpoint about number five? One uh, of them, he has gun. Yeah, power of gun is what <laughs> the first thing yeah. was that came to my mind here. Um, yeah, he's got the power of a mass murder. Um, can I can small, I help him out? Small child. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. there's a there's the tentacle monster. We found him. Oh well, that's nope, not. You that's went the wrong too far. Oh. You went too ah, far. Sorry, the ca- captions on the bottom. Got it. He's yep. he's a little boy. Yes, he's a little yeah. boy. He's a so little boy. Kyle and Todd nailed it. Uh, number <laughs> five it. is a little boy. He's a little boy. Hmm. So, let's talk about number five. You'll also notice that number five has no code name and no real name. Let's talk about comic book origin. I'll tell you why. Number five was born with the ability to travel through time. At the age of five, he jumped forward 20 years to a world after the apocalypse of 1980. He spent 50 years in the apocalypse with a statue named Dolores before he calculated how to get back to his home time. While he was traveling through the time stream, 
He was captured by the Temps Eternalis. Don't worry, we'll get to them. Who promised to <laughs> Is return that the TVA? him? Yeah. Who More promised <laughs> to return him home in return for five years of service? They then bound his DNA with the DNA of famous serial killers throughout history, making him the perfect Why? assassin <laughs> and taught him how to micro jump uh, in time. Sh- what a jump! Basically, turning him into Tracer from Overwatch. He escaped the temps during the JFK assassination <laughs> and course. traveled back to his Jack. home time. <laughs> Somebody but, get a ding in here. Ding. But regressed physically to a 10-year-old body. Now he's a 60-year-old assassin stuck as an ageless 10-year-old. So that's fun. That's very fun. That is cool. I, I would like to see a count, just a count, of how many comic books have... <laughs> I've, 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 I've pointed this out before and I think it was shortly after I watched yeah. the first season of Umbrella Academy yeah, I think finish, I, I, finish I, I that thought it. no finish just like thought. how many comics have tried to like ass end their way into the JF incorporating the JFK assassination oh into their God. time travel story because I, I like I guarantee the X-Men have, have done it three times at oh, least yeah. three times mm-hmm. yeah and I'm, well, sure, I'm sure Superman was like what's up JFK hey <laughs> I have great news for you, Andrew. We're going to talk about the JFK assassination a lot today. Is that a fixed point in in the show? It might as well be. It's the true Nexus event. Yeah. (laughs) So that is number five's comic origin. Let's talk Netflix origin here. In the show, number five has the ability to jump through both time and space. However, jumping through time is difficult and dangerous to control. Sometime around the age of like 12, Five throws a temper tantrum and time jumps to the future and finds an apocalyptic world. Five can't jump backwards and survives for over 40 years with the top half of a mannequin he names Dolores. Of course. He is approached in the wasteland by a woman named The Handler who says she is from the Temps Commission, an organization created to maintain the proper flow of time. She offers Five a new life working for the commission. With nowhere else to go, Five agrees and works as an assassin until he has the opportunity to return to his own time, which, you guessed it, turns him into an ageless 12-year-old. Got it. Wild. Okay. Amazing. All right. I'm in. Excellent. All right. Moving on. Number six, the horror, also known as Ben Hargraves, portrayed by Justin H. Min. Now, he has three pictures. He is 11, 12, and 13. So 11 is a young Ben, 12 is a deceased Ben, and then 13 (laughs) is the Netflix both deceased and young Ben. And he's the ghost that Klaus can see. Yes, he is the the ghost that Klaus can see. Now, what's important to note here is that he is the ghost that Klaus can see in the Netflix series. One of the larger differences between the Netflix series and the comic books is that in the Netflix series, Ben is around. In the comic series, he doesn't hang out with the crew through magic seance powers. We really only see him through flashbacks and memories and other like side stories. He is the ghost Hmm. that Ben, that Klaus can see. Sounds like the title of a My Chemical Romance song. Yes. All right, so the comic origin for number six has uh, number six has been dead since the start of the series. He's alive during the 
during the events of the short story, the past ain't through with you yet, but dies sometime after. He's only seen in flashbacks and asides, but is considered a full member of the Umbrella Academy. There's a statue of him at the Umbrella Academy mansion, and his portrait is present throughout the mansion. Ben has the ability to channel eldritch creatures from another dimension through a portal under his skin. Usually, these are tentacles (laughs) from his stomach. Sir Reginald Hargraves found these abilities fascinating, but had to suppress an urge to vomit every time he studied them. Coward. (laughs) I love that the ranking system is totally arbitrary. Well, I'm sure it's based on like loyalty, but like time travel and and uh, Cthulhu in hidden in chest still rank lower than super strength. And And in the comics rank lower than throws knife good. (laughs) Also that it seems that the ranking is more based on like their usefulness to Hargreaves, yeah, like yeah, how how yeah. apparent their use, like how much Hargreaves can manipulate them, and less like yeah. what what they actually can do. He's he's doing a child military, right? Yeah, just, yep. yeah, that's what this feels soldiers. like. Yeah, you got it. You guys are paying attention. Let's talk about number six's I've, Netflix I've read origin a book before. <laughs> <laughs> so just like in the comics, in the Netflix series, number six has been dead since the start and his death sparks the eventual disbanding of the Umbrella Academy. As a child, he displayed the ability to summon eldritch creatures through a portal to another dimension inside of his body. He's killed in 2006, and a statue was erected at the Umbrella Academy mansion. After his funeral, Klaus manifests Ben's spirit and instructs him not to go into the light. This leads Ben to following Klaus through his life, as he is the only one who Ben can speak to. Ben has the ability to possess Klaus for a short time, and we see can still use his powers if Klaus manifests his spirit. There were a lot of pronouns in that sentence. Did you get <laughs> yeah. all of it? Did it make I'm, sense? I'm going to need the, the TLDR on that one. Cool. Ben's a ghost. Ben died, and Klaus was like, no, don't go into the light. And so now Ben follows Klaus everywhere. Gotcha. Sometimes Ben can possess Klaus, and if Klaus manifests Ben's spirit, Ben can still use his powers. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. I knew I knew when I wrote that, I was like, oh, there, there are he, hims, and his all over this <laughs> sentence. It doesn't make a lick yeah. of sense. Um, do does it does it matter how Ben dies? Is that like a spoiler? It does not really matter. We don't know, actually. Uh, oh. his hmm. death is not talked about. It's just uh, like a a tragic Tra- like it's just trauma for the rest of the team for the yeah. much like the, run of the show much like the creepy pasta all we know is that ben died ben, ben drowned ben drowned <laughs> all right let's move on to the last member of the umbrella academy number seven the white violin vanya hargraves portrayed by elliot page and that is images 14 and 15 in that imker link Oh, I didn't know Elliot Page was in this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> also, the the comic imagery is rough. I do not <laughs> it's like different. It. It's rough. It's different. <laughs> it is different. So what I will say is that this is this is her final form. Um, you do see Vanya as like a regular ass kid throughout the comics, but mm-hmm. those pictures were much less interesting than this sick white violin image. I mean, image. this is basically Sephiroth, so... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, let's talk origins here. Comic origin. 
Despite all these kids being born at the same time, Vanya is considered to be the youngest. Reginald Hargraves states that Vanya has no special abilities and is, quote, utterly useless, deciding instead that she should be a violinist. After years of (laughs) verbal abuse, Vanya leaves the Academy and publishes a tell-all book entitled Extraordinary, My Life is Number 7. Everyone disliked that. Unfortunately for everyone involved, Reggie was lying the whole time, and Vanya (laughs) actually has the ability to channel massive destructive energy through music. When she learns the truth, she breaks bad, becomes the white violin, and vows to end the world. She regains mental control and is honestly pretty upset about the whole thing. Again, sounds like Gerard Way working through some stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So the Netflix origin smooths things over a little bit in the sense of like power set, but not really anything else. Reginald Hargraves learns early that Vanya's powers are linked to her emotions and that she she possesses the ability to harness sound and convert it to energy. He tries to teach her to control it, but he deemed her ability too powerful. Instead, he pumps her full of emotional suppressants, has Allison use her powers to convince Vanya she's normal, and locks her in the basement. She leaves the Academy after Ben's death and publishes her tell-all autobiography, which, again, everyone dislikes. Everyone is just kind of a dick to her in general, and she subsequently breaks bad, but then breaks good again after causing an apocalypse. Oh. Yeah, the apocalypse you know. that the apocalypse that number five experienced, or is there are those unrelated apocalypses? Uh, the answer for that question is different in the comics and the Netflix series, got and it. is also a little spoily. So I'm going to answer it later in the podcast. The answer may surprise mm. you. <laughs> you got it. All right, cool. Yeah, this is this is rad. This is Hell super yeah. Rad. yeah! I'm yeah. so glad you guys yeah, are I'm in good at this. Those I actually will watch. I mean, I know you haven't gotten into like the crunch of this. But like, I want to watch this. I guess. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch this before uh, Mandalorian. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> That's not fair. I almost called it the Book of Mandalorian. I know, it, yeah, it I might as well. well. Might as yeah. well. Uh, so those are the main seven characters of the Umbrella Academy. Before I move on here, do y'all have any questions about those seven? Is Vanya an antagonist then in the comic? So the first series of the comic is called the Apocalypse Suite, spelled S-U-I-T-E. She is the white violin. I will lead you to draw your own conclusions. (laughs) Yep, Yep. got it. Check. Okay. All right. So those are the members of the Umbrella Academy. Let's introduce a few secondary characters you need to know. The first is Sir Reginald Hargraves, images 16 and 17 in the dock. We have talked about old Reggie a lot today. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He is the adopted father of the Umbrella Academy. In the comics, he is referred to by the children as the Monocle. In either continuity, he's an alien. In the comics, he arrived at an... Yeah. In the comics, he arrives at an unknown time, invents a bunch of stuff, gets knighted, wins a gold medal for fencing, and then gets a Nobel Prize for making a chimpanzee self-aware. Amazing. Yep. In the show, he comes to America in 1896 and buys a company that makes umbrellas, becomes an umbrella-based millionaire, (laughs) excuse me, billionaire, contributes to the space race, joins a secret society called the Majestic 12, who, say it with me, assassinated JFK. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that that's our our next to the power of friendship. It it really is. (laughs) 
In the show, Reginald Hargraves left his home planet as it was falling victim to an apocalyptic event. His space wife gives him a violin and sends him to our dimension, where he vows to prevent this planet from dying like his own. Also, he's a dick. Also, he dies. He's a huge dick. He's so he's he's the worst. Like he's I, the real he's the real antagonist. He's like the real, he's the real villain. I yeah. I can't get over his space wife. Space <laughs> yeah. wife is very good. That was really funny. So. So far in the Netflix series, they have only shown us like a brief glimpse of his alien form, which is why I didn't put a picture of it in the Netflix document or in the Imgur link, excuse me. But it is really cool. I mean, he, look, he looks like he looks like a like a like a green Scrooge McDuck. In, <laughs> yeah, in, in the kind of illustration. My favorite thing about the comic book illustration of Reginald Hargraves is that he goes from a mustache to mutton chops when he takes off his human face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he super mm-hmm. does. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, a, he's a different kind of imperialist. Like he's, <laughs> he's, he's like 1930s imperialist, and then he, and then he turns into 1830s yeah. imperialist. <laughs> he looks kind of like, um, is it Abe from Hellboy? Is that the fish, the fish monster in Hellboy? He looks like the fish I, monster I in Hellboy. I thought you were going to talk about his human persona and you were going to say he looked like Nigel Thornberry because that's what <laughs> first came. He to super does. He kind of looks like Nigel also, Thornberry, a.k.a. Yeah. the big bad from the first Wonder Woman movie. <laughs> yes. Also the that. Big bad from the Nickelodeon show. Well, <laughs> the wild Thornberry. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So moving on, uh, the next character we're going to talk about is mom or mother uh, or human, human, human name, Grace. <laughs> she has pictures 18 and 19 in the Imgur link. So mom slash Grace is the robotic assistant to Sir Reginald Hargraves. He created her to pacify the children and care for them when they're not on mission. It's unclear exactly when she was created in the comics, but she raises the children as the perfect mid-century housewife. She also works with the Sparrows for a time. We're going to talk about the Sparrows way later. The Netflix version of Mom is very similar. Reginald Hargraves creates her after the kids scare off a number of other nannies. <laughs> we find out in season two that Mom is modeled after a scientist Hargraves had a relationship mm. with in the 1960s while they were working on sending a chimp to space. Mm. I see. Um, All right. Comics Mom has a lot more body horror than Netflix mom. Not that Mm -hmm. body horror isn't a part of Netflix mom. It's just like played down a bit. Um, Yeah. If, if you grew up with comics mom though, you would definitely have some, some more trauma, some different trauma than the other things they do cause. I mean, you one of your brothers can literally summon Cthulhu. I'm pretty sure that you're like kind of over it. (laughs) Fair. Fair. Fair enough. So do you guys remember earlier when I was talking about the accomplishments of Sir Reginald Hargraves and he got a Nobel Peace Prize for making a chimp self-aware? Are we going to see the chimp? That chimp's name is Pogo. He's pictures 20 and 21. Perfect. Pogo yes. Jojo. Yeah, from the from, <laughs> the, from, the, from the Cartoon Network show. Yeah. So Pogo is an advanced and sentient chimp. He is this world's Alfred. 
Yeah, it's oh, really all you need. To all know. Right. He he talks and he wears a he speaks with a British accent and he wears a a a, a suit a purple suit yeah. all the time and and he's great. Yeah, he's got a robe. That's all you need to know. Uh, this won him a Nobel Peace Prize, eh? Yes, yes, it did. Everybody's favorite monkey grandpa got a Nobel Peace Prize. Mm-hmm. All right, so moving on, uh, we're going to talk about the Temps Eternalis and the Temps Commission. So the Temps Eternalis or the Temps Commission, they are the same thing. It's basically the TVA. Straight up, it's TVA. Got picture it. 22 in the Imgur link shows a picture of the inner workings of the Temps Commission. They exist to make sure all events that are supposed to happen in time happen in time. They exist, uh, or excuse me, their role is pretty minimal in the comics outside of making five an assassin. However, in the show, they play a much, much larger role. Also, their office looks so much like the TVA from Loki, considering they're based out of the year 1955. It's real suspicious that both, both like time organizations are mm-hmm. like 50s style bureaucracy that, yeah, it's, it's interesting. You can't convince me that one of those, those both weren't filmed on the same set. Like, there was definitely some sharing of assets. Yeah. So, like I said, the Temps Aeternalis is not a huge force in the comics. You see a lot of, like, Temps Aeternalis soldiers, but, I mean, they're just grunts, and they get killed a bunch. The comics are a little bit more about, like, fighting bad guys than they are about fighting the flow of time, where the Netflix series steered a little bit more into the Temps Commission and fleshed them out a little bit. So this next character, her name is The Handler, and she is not really a part of the comics, but is a huge part, really kind of the ongoing antagonist of the Netflix series. Mm -hmm. She's image number 23. She's a high-ranking member of the commission. She has her own agenda and believes that time should never be changed. She will go to extreme lengths to preserve the timeline. In okay, this whole thing feels like a like if this weren't a comic, this would have been like a like a like a children's book series, like series of unfortunate events or yeah. Miss Pettigrew's home for uh, for unforgive mm-hmm. mysterious children, some, whatever that children, whatever that's called. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, that and and this this character definitely kind of tied that together for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she does have big Lemony Snicket vibes. For mm-hmm. sure, for sure. vibes. Yeah, big Corella Deville vibes. I yeah. think if they wanted to make this, like if they wanted to cast this character as a dude, Jim Carrey would have been a really good casting for yeah. this. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the way she acts. She's also like she's not that far off of um, the the one lady from the Hunger Games whose um, name I don't remember. Elizabeth Banks. Oh, this is also this is uh, it's Kate <laughs> Kate Walsh from uh, uh, Grey's Anatomy. Yep. Yes. Yes. All right, yes. so the next two we're going to talk about are Hazel and Cha-Cha. They're the two Temps Commission agents sent to capture slash kill number five after he defects from the commission. They are exactly Jesse and James of Team Rocket. <laughs> yep, <laughs> Exactly. What's uh, happening in this picture, Matt? <laughs> yeah, I need help here. <laughs> yeah, so Hazel gets a really nice love story. Everybody loves it. To explain this picture, so the... People on the left and right are Hazel and Cha-Cha from the Netflix series. In the comics, they are known as these 
anonymous temps <laughs> these agents. Daft punk characters. Who yeah. only <laughs> wear these animal masks. These college mascot look, characters. Look, I like Danganronpa as not just the next person. <laughs> So you can see, first thing, if you didn't notice, Cha-Cha is played by Mary J. Blige. Yeah. And you oh, can see. That's awesome. Yeah. Mary J. Blige is holding a pink, like, rabbit head. Got it. So they wear those heads in the Netflix show. But one of the cool things that oh, Netflix did awesome. is they fleshed out Hazel and Cha-Cha as characters. So you see them both with and without the heads. But the head is kind of their, like, Temps Commission uniform. Is this show just like, this show feels like it's mostly just like style. It's a yes. lot of style. Yeah, it's oh, a lot of God, style. Yeah. I, all the way the hell in. All right. <laughs> Hazel in the show has has like a, has a like, a real like, it's, I've only got two weeks left till retirement or I don't know how many more jobs <laughs> I got in me vibe yeah. to him too. And, and it like, it's, it's so good. They're so, they're fun. They're very fun characters. Yeah. So the last character that I have for you today, his name is AJ Carmichael. He's picture number 25. He is the head of the Temps Commission Board of Directors. Also, he's a goldfish. That's great. <laughs> That's really great. Also, very reminiscent do, of a Hellboy character. Where um, do I sign? Yeah. <laughs> where do I sign? <laughs> so if I haven't already sold you of goldfish in the head of a man... Let me also tell you that that goldfish is a chain smoker mm-hmm. and he smokes through the hole in his neck and then the goldfish stop, blows stop, smoke. Stop. You've already sold me. <laughs> Andrew's, Andrew's got me. episode one loaded up, ready to it's, go as soon as we stop recording. Yep, it's absolutely happening. All right. Well, now you've got all the background and you've met most of the characters in the series. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll run through the plot of the first two seasons of the Netflix show. This first section hasn't been completely spoiler-free, but again, this is your last warning. If you don't want to have the Umbrella Academy Netflix show spoiled for you, <coughs> pause this podcast, do some binging, and come back when you're ready. For the rest of you, we'll continue right after this. Welcome back to this Umbrella Academy flavor text. We've been through the background of the series, the formation of the team, some individual character biographies, and just generally where we are in the universe. Now I'm going to give you the play-by-play on the first two seasons of Netflix's Umbrella Academy. The series follows a number of similar plot points to the books, but I'm going to leave the comics largely out of this portion, mostly to give you, the listener, some adventures to have on your own. With that in mind, both Gerard Way and Gabriel Ba act as executive producers for the series, so the show is just as much canon as the books, much like the MCU. We'll wrap up with some predictions for season three, and that will include a little bit of comic discussion as well. All right, you ready? Let's do it. Yeah. Cool. Season one, episode one. We only see each other at weddings and funerals. We get the simultaneous birth story and the origins of Reginald Hargraves creating the Umbrella Academy. Time jump, and all the kids are reluctantly called back to the mansion for the funeral of the now-deceased Reginald. Luther returns from the moon, Klaus gets out of rehab, and Vanya comes back for the first time since she released the book. 
after the funeral, number five returns from an unknown time, and there's a really excellent dance break to Tiffany's <laughs> I Think We're Alone Now. <laughs> Luther discovers that his father's monocle is missing, and now he suspects foul play. Number five kills a bunch of dudes set to the tune of They Might Be Giants, Istanbul, not Constantinople, and it's rad. <laughs> and big reveals at the end of the episode, Diego has the monocle, Klaus can talk to his dead brother, Ben. Five tells the family that Vanya will destroy the world in eight days. And boom, roll fade credits. to black. <laughs> cool. Awesome. cool. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> All right, episode two, Run Boy Run. Hazel and Cha-Cha show up to blast off again for nine episodes. <laughs> Luther learns Diego was at a boxing match when their father died, so he can't be a suspect. Vanya thinks number five's mind has been corrupted by time travel, so she fucks off to teach violin to some guy named Leonard. <laughs> Five reveals that he found all his siblings dead in the future, with Luther clutching a prosthetic eye, which he spends the rest of the episode trying to identify. Turns out the prosthetic eye hasn't been manufactured yet in this timeline. Five goes to a department store to find present-day Dolores and has a shootout with Hazel and Cha-Cha set to Queens, Don't Stop Me Now. Diego has a cop friend named Eudora Patch. She is not really important. <laughs> not important. They really went in on the, the music rights. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, they I'm sure telling you. It's so good. It is. I would say that it is in the realm of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I, I was yeah. just going to say they're chasing that Guardians dragon. Yep. Yeah. They yeah. sure were. How do you do style without a, a good licensed soundtrack? Yeah. Um, I will point out, and this is minor spoilers for what's coming ahead. Leonard sucks. <laughs> Leonard does suck. <laughs> All right. Episode three, Extraordinary. Allison shows Luther a tape she found of their robot mom killing their adopted father. Robot mom claims to remember nothing, but they don't believe her. Elliot Page, who is playing a woman in this show, starts a heteronormative relationship with that guy named Leonard, and it's very unbelievable. Remember how earlier I said there's one thing that the Netflix series does that is less believable than the atomic flying elbow birth origin story? It is that, putting Vanya Hargraves in a heteronormative relationship with yeah. a dude. They 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 course correct in season two. Yes. And yeah. it feels much better because like yes. <laughs> boy i could not suspend my disbelief enough mm. yeah did time time chronology did did elliot page transition didn't elliot page transition after season two after, after season, season two, two was released out. Okay. yes yeah. Okay. yeah which elliot page has said that he will continue to play vanya feels just fine playing mm -hmm. a woman and being cool. referred to with female pronouns in the mm -hmm. series They've already switched the credits for season one and season two to say Elliot Page. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. Yeah. nice. So it's all been handled really well. And Elliot yeah. Page really loves the series, too. He's said a lot of yeah. great things about the experience. So it helps that Gerard Way is is non-binary and also at the helm of like has significant say in the show, I'm sure. So, yeah. 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 All right. So back to reality Hazel and Cha-Cha track number five to the Umbrella Academy mansion with the help of a waitress from the donut shop named Agnes. Remember that? She comes back. Oh, Agnes. <laughs> Poor Agnes. <laughs> Diego reveals that he took the monocle from Grace. Reminder, Grace is the robot mom. 
after Reginald's funeral, but everyone disagrees about whether to turn off Grace. Hazel and Cha-Cha break in, fuck shit up, and kidnap Klaus. Grace is unaware of all of this, so Diego powers her down in secret, unbeknownst to the rest of the family. It's very emotional. Mm. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a heavy scene. There's a lot of heavy scenes mm-hmm. in in this show, and and that's mm-hmm. one of them. Next episode is called "Man on the Moon." We get Luther's backstory. It's mostly about his dad being an asshole. Allison and Luther find the powered down Grace and assume Hazel and Cha Cha did it. Vanya and Leonard go on a date. Cha-Cha and Hazel torture Klaus for info on five. This leads them to the lab where number five is searching for that prosthetic eye that doesn't exist yet. So Hazel and Cha-Cha burn the lab down. Klaus sobers up during torture and starts to see dead people. Then he escapes with Hazel and Cha-Cha's time-traveling briefcase and accidentally bamps the hell out of there. (laughs) And then Cha-Cha kills Eudora Patch. Remember her? I yep. forgot exactly you, you going through these story beats. It's it's like a Mad Lib. <laughs> it, <laughs> it is. I've seen these episodes bonkers. and I'm like, I'm like sort like filing through what all these names mean to make this make sense. It, it's bananas. Yeah. I wanted to give you the story and still leave enough of it that it's really worth watching. Yeah, um, I get it. The show is too good to just outright spoil for somebody. Uh, anyway, Cha-Cha kills Eudora Patch. Do you remember her? Of course you don't. No. She's Diego's cop friend. She is not important. <laughs> Moving on. Next episode, number five. This is the fifth episode, so that name's kind of fun. Ah. Hmm. We get the backstory of number five, the handler, and the commission. Allison tells Vanya that Leonard is skeevy, and Vanya doesn't take it well. Vanya goes off her meds, auditions for first chair in the orchestra after the top violinist suddenly disappears and manifests power within her. Klaus gets back from the Vietnam War where he's been for a few years and destroys the briefcase. He lost someone close to him in the Vietnam War and is V-traumatized. Yeah. Diego, Luther, Hazel, Cha-Cha, number five, and the Handler have a big old standoff, which leads to number five rejoining the commission in exchange for the safety of his family. Big reveals at the end of this episode, Leonard killed the other violinist, Pogo reactivates Grace, and tells her to keep a secret from the kids. End of episode. Monkey reactivated robot mom. Got it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. No notes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Episode six. This one is entitled The Day That Wasn't. This episode only exists to give you depression for no other reason than to give you depression. Yeah, it's a bummer. Stop, stop. You've already sold me. (laughs) We see what happened to Klaus in Vietnam and we meet his lover, Dave. And then this episode ends with five resetting time. <laughs> and I don't want to spoil anything else about this heartbreaking oh. episode of television. Go watch it yourself. Yeah. Mm. Now I remember. Okay, on, a, on a scale of one to the episode of Squid Game with the, the marbles. I will um, say that this episode personally hurt me way more than the marble episode wow. of marbles? Squid Game. Okay, it's, cool. It's akin to the marbles though I, like if I you were can't wait to be yeah. absolutely devastated okay 
Yeah. So last episode was called The Day That Wasn't. This episode is called The Day That Was. Ah. Mm. We get Leonard's backstory. Turns out he was born on the same day as the Umbrella Academy, but of a normal birth and thus has no powers. Oh, that's got to be a bummer. (laughs) Also, he kills his dad and his name is Harold Jenkins. Oh, those are equally also bummers. It feels like you yada yada over the important part, but that's fine. (laughs) Five reveals to Diego and Allison that Harold Jenkins starts the apocalypse. And Allison realizes that Harold Jenkins equals Leonard. They break into his house. That sentence broke me. That that seems like a a newspaper headline. Harold Jenkins starts the apocalypse. Also, also for what it's worth, a My Chemical Romance song. Yep. Yes. (laughs) So is Harold Jenkins equals Leonard. Also a My Chemical Romance song. Uh, Luther finds out that his father sent him to the moon for nothing, and he has a depressed scene (laughs) at a club. Oh. He like literally sends him to the moon because he's like tired of him and and like gets him out of the house. This is amazing. His, this is his favorite of the kids. Yes. Klaus finds Luther drunk at the club and then Klaus is knocked unconscious. Killed. Either way, he is sent to another dimension, is told by presumably God that she doesn't like him or want him in the afterlife. <laughs> then he talks to Reginald Hargraves, who is dead, who admits to orchestrating his death to get the band back together. Amazing. Great. Perfect. Vanya I want to know, and- uh, Andrew, at this point, how quickly are you actually watching this show? After I'm already stop? watching it. Right. Like, I'm already, <laughs> I've stopped listening. I'm just watching it right now. Vanya and Leonard are jumped outside of a bar and Vanya kills two of the three assailants using her new power. Also, Leonard loses an eye in the fight. Diego gets arrested for killing Eudora Patch. You remember her? Of course you don't. She's Diego's cop friend and she's not important. Also, Hazel gets ordered to kill Cha-Cha, but subdues her instead and leaves her alive. Moving on, the next episode is called I Heard a Rumor. Hazel runs off with Agnes. Do you remember Agnes? The donut yeah. lady. The donut, the donut lady. lady. Who he has had a secret relationship with for a few episodes. Cha-Cha tracks them down. Hazel and Agnes's relationship is so sweet. and It's the best thing. Yeah. Yeah. Allison questions the one surviving attacker and learns that Leonard paid the attackers to jump the couple outside of the bar. Meanwhile, Leonard and Vanya run off to a cabin in the woods to train Vanya's power, and we get her backstory. Allison finds Vanya in the cabin and admits to using her powers to mind wipe her. Vanya doesn't take that well and cuts (laughs) Allison's throat before running off with Leonard. Ah. Cool. All right, next episode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Next episode is called Changes. We get Grace's backstory and find that she was created to pacify Vanya. You know how Mm. earlier I said that the robot mom was created because the kids scared away a bunch of other nannies? Mm -hmm. So the real story that we get in this episode was that specifically Vanya was using her powers to scare off other nannies. 
And so Reginald had to create an indestructible nanny and create a <laughs> Vanya realizes that Leonard has been manipulating her the whole time and she kills him. Allison survives the throat cutting but does lose her voice. Ben punches Klaus in the face, showing them both for the first time that Klaus can make spirits <laughs> tangible. Five realizes that that eye that he had been searching for since the apocalypse belongs to the now dead Leonard. Feels feels right. Sure. Mm-hmm. Hazel shows up to help prevent the apocalypse, but Five says there's nothing they can do now that Leonard is dead. So Hazel reveals that Cha-Cha killed Yodora Patch and leaves evidence to exonerate Diego. Again. Hey, Matt, I have a question. Who's Yodora Patch? She is Diego's cop friend, and she does not matter. It feels like she matters. She's she's a plot. She she yeah. matters in that yeah. she's a plot device. She's a MacGuffin. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the character doesn't matter. Got it. Have you guys ever heard of the trope fridging? Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. So can I can I explain fridging? It's a good. Please it's a do. Fun one. It yeah. is a it is a trope uh, that has its its own full. TV tropes page of um, the trope is killing a woman that is important to a male character mm. to to spark change or spark movement Gwen in Gwen Stacy. Um, uh, yeah, Gwen Stacy's the big one. Um, the f- term comes from gr- a Green Lantern comic or a Justice League comic where the Green Lantern at the time's girlfriend. Um, is killed, cut up, and hidden in his fridge in his apartment. Whoa! Yeah. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Holy shit, Green Lantern? Yeah. It's it's the polar opposite of passing the Bechdel test. Yes, it is. It is the exact opposite of passing the Bechdel test. Yeah. So that is... That, that's Eudora Patch. Eudora Patch got fridged as hell. Got fridged. Her only purpose in this season. Yep. All right, so uh, episode we're on changes. No, we finished changes. No, we're where the we're fuck in the middle of we? changes. We're in the middle of changes. All right, so after we get the whole Cha Cha killed Patch and here's a gun that exonerates Diego thing, whatever. Cha Cha takes Agnes hostage. Hazel finds them. The handler shows up and then yells at both of them. It's a big, weird, very stylized scene in a mid-century couples retreat love hotel in the desert. Very good. (laughs) There is a heart-shaped bed and heart-shaped hot tub, and I love it. Yeah. Allison, meanwhile, outside of the heart-shaped bed, reveals to the rest of the Umbrella Academy that Vanya has powers, and when Vanya shows up at the mansion, Luther locks her in the basement. Just like the last time, this doesn't go well. Yeah. This goes well for no one. No one. It's a cell in the basement. It's specifically like a Vanya holding cell that, yeah. that yeah. they have in the basement. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Because again, her power is channeling sound and creating energy. And they lock her in a cell that is completely devoid of sound. It's completely soundproof. Mm -hmm. So if you've ever read any of those, like I think there's one in like Sweden or something, they created a room that has no sound and no echo. And if you're in there for more than like 43 minutes, you go crazy or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is that start to hear. you, You start to hear your like 
muscles constrict is how yeah. silent oh. that room that actual room that actually exists Ugh. gets yeah yeah and so the way that vanya breaks out of this holding prison is by like channeling the sound of her own blood pumping mm-hmm. and her heart beating mm-hmm. to like generate enough awesome. force to blow up the prison <laughs> oh right. that's so cool and that leads us to the season one finale the white violin vanya destroys the mansion kills pogo and Bummer. destroys grace in the process wait do we like do we like monkey we like monkey pogo Alfred? We, we like, like monkey Alfred. Alfred. Yeah, like yeah. Alfred. i'm feeling like we like vanya though we like oh, everybody. She, Vanya's badass as hell. Yeah. Like she's, yeah. she's such a badass villain. Five goes to meet the handler at said love motel, but realizes it's a distraction. And Hazel returns to shoot the handler and rescues Agnes. You know, honestly, that whole scene doesn't have much to do with the larger plot of the story, but it is pretty neat. It ties up that storyline. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, good. It's a good B plot, C plot. Mm hmm. Vanya starts her concert, which has been like a MacGuffin concert the whole time. Do you guys remember that episode of South Park where John Stamos's brother is going to sing that high note yes. and trigger an atomic bomb? <laughs> yes. Season one of Umbrella Academy yeah. is pretty much just that. Perfect. So Vanya starts that concert, uh, which is definitely bad. The Umbrella Academy siblings fail to stop Vanya. A bunch of commissioned soldiers show up and Klaus manifests Ben who uses his full eldritch power for the first time on screen and it fucking rules you guys it's <laughs> the best is, is Ben tentacle kid Ben yeah. is tentacle kid gotcha. yes uh that's the apocalypse baby and Woo! the umbrella academy bamf back in time to stop the apocalypse as a team this time because let me be very clear they did not stop the apocalypse in 2019, and the timeline is destroyed and over. Mm-hmm. That's yep. awesome. <laughs> That's so great. That's I should I should point out the the pictures Matt set up. So the picture of Vanya from the comics is her apocalypsing from the comics. Okay. Um, this same scene in the movie, she's just wearing a white tuxedo. That's the yeah. like that that is how they fix. The, the yeah, ickiness yeah, yeah. that you felt looking at that that comics I picture. Still time. feel it. Yeah, I still feel it. Yeah, okay. that uh, her her comics image has some Amory Wars energy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It does. All right. So that is season one of the Umbrella Academy. Any questions about season one? No, I just want more. I, I have. Yes, I do have one question, and I, I Matt, I just, I sincerely apologize if we've covered it. How do the kids get the powers? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. We haven't covered it and okay. it's not explained. They just Okay. The them right. 43 babies born special. Cool. Yeah. Something and something extra met, got mixed into the sauce. And we've yep. only met a, a fraction of those 43. We have met 7 of those 43. Seven of the 43 they are the Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Did they all lived did all 43 live together? No, they were all born randomly around the world. Uh, Reginald Hargrave oh, just bought Hargrave just seven. Spot seven. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, the one thing I will say before we move on here, season one is based heavily off the comic series Apocalypse Suite, but they do change a lot of stuff. I think they do a really awesome job adapting the story beats for television and realizing where there are things that 
would not go well on TV or, you know, there are story beats that need to change. So I have the first and second book. I'm working on getting the other ones. I haven't read them yet other than like the little bits I've skimmed. Um, So I can't say outright like this is the same and this is different except for things I've already noted. But that is the basis of the first season, that first book series, The Apocalypse Suite. Cool. And with that, we will move on to season two. Season two, episode one, entitled Right Back Where We Started. I saw a thing that I didn't want to see. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out number five screwed up and scattered everyone between 1960 and 1963. He shows up on November 25th, 1963, just in time to see a nuclear doomsday that happened because JFK wasn't assassinated. That's the thing that I saw that I didn't want to see. (laughs) (laughs) Hazel shows up, and this is like an older, aged up Hazel, which we haven't seen. This whole series, Hazel has been ageless, shows up to tell Five that the Umbrella Academy have 10 days to stop the apocalypse. But then three Swedish assassins show up and kill Hazel. All right. (laughs) Excellent. Each so new, now we, each new like <laughs> plot point you talk like dials the crazy meter up even more, and it, Andrew's eyes just get like bigger and oh bigger. Oh man, I'm I'm so it's the kind of crazy that like it's just pure chaos, and it it doesn't. It's the crazy that I like that it doesn't like insist upon itself. Yes. Like, yeah. Nobody like nobody's sitting here and being like, "This is cool," because like, no, just like Swedish sats is go. Yeah, fucking bring them in. <laughs> yeah, <that's cool. laughs> Get them in here. There? Yeah, let's mix them up. All right, so now we just kind of like bounce around and get some backstory on where everybody else is right now. The first Umbrella Academy member we meet after five is Luther, who is a bodyguard for Jack Ruby. Do you guys know who Jack Ruby is in real yes. life? Yes, I, I don't. Do I didn't realize. I didn't yes, realize this was a an actual historic person that Luther he was, was. Yeah, he was bodyguarding. The guy that, he was the guy that killed the guy that uh, killed JFK. Yes, uh, Lee Harvey, he Hall, shot Lee Harvey, Harvey Oswald. Oswald. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, he yeah. Uh, he was he was thought to have been people that think that JFK was killed by the CIA, which I am not subscribing to the theory. I am not not subscribing to the theory. <laughs> Think that believe that uh, Jack Ruby, Jack was, Ruby CIA. was a CIA point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, or he was he was the fall guy, if you will. Gotcha. Gotcha. So Luther is bodyguarding for Jack Ruby's club. Diego is an inmate at an asylum. Forget this, telling everybody he has to stop the assassination <laughs> of JFK. <laughs> All right. Ding. Uh. Meanwhile. Allison's voice has healed, and she's now a civil rights activist. This is how we get to this. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Klaus has started a cult, accompanied by Ben. <laughs> excellent. Oh, and excellent, excellent, excellent. Vanya, the apocalyptic bomb, has mm-hmm. amnesia and is living with a family. Their names are Sissy, Carl, and Harlan, and they live on a farm. Great. Of course she. Yep. Is. So when they got scattered, they got scattered in into like different. I mean, obviously, okay, different times, but like different plots. Places like different as well. Yeah, they just got okay. dropped you, all over the 60s. 
You've hit you've hit all the anime beats, Matt. I mean, we've got we've got two apocalypses. We've got JFK. <laughs> we've got we've got amnesia and a time skip. Yeah. And amnesia caused by a time skip. Like, <laughs> we didn't have anime fight school, but what we did have was I'm sorry, the, did they not is it not called Umbrella Academy? <laughs> yeah, well, the, kids the anime fight school powers? just happens off camera yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the background. What, what I was getting ready to say is it's not anime fight school, but it is like Professor Xavier's School for Gifted Children, which is real yeah. close. Yeah. So I want to <laughs> double back and kind of answer the question that you asked, Todd, of like, so do they all come to different lives in the 60s? Yeah. So what happens is that they are all in the same timeline, and they are all dropped off at different times between 1960 and 1963. They okay. all land in the same place like geographic area more or less or is yeah, it like the same all, or is it the same do they all land in the same alley am i remembering they all that land now? in the same alley okay and Ooh. then but like different times within uh-huh. that cycle uh-huh. yeah That's exactly so like cool. so one person gets there and like someone else has already been there for two years and like has an established life uh-huh. or life or whatever yes yeah that's cool exactly. i should point out we haven't said it yet i feel the need to point out that like while all these characters are complicated and like you like and dislike different aspects about them. Diego's like Diego kind of sucks. Diego kind of sucks the whole the whole run. Yeah. He's kind like, of a tool. He's kind of a wang. Yeah. Yeah. Tool is a good word for it. Yeah. That's, that's all. So before we're not done with the first episode of season two yet. Um, <laughs> you remember the Swedes? The Swedes, yeah. they go and chase Diego through the asylum, and he escapes with another inmate named Lila. Five finds Luther at Jack Ruby's club and is like, yo, there's going to be an apocalypse in 10 days and we have to stop it. And Luther's like, that's okay. I like it here. (laughs) End of episode. (laughs) Luther's gone. Luther's like taken the black pill at this point. Like he is so just like, sure. Like if there's an apocalypse, we stopped one (laughs) apocalypse. We didn't stop one apocalypse. We're not going to stop another one, guys. Like. Let me let me hang out as a bouncer, please. Yeah, he's he's eating the steak at the fancy steakhouse restaurant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Episode two entitled "The Frankel Footage." You guys know what the Frankel footage is in real life? Um, no. I I I do and I don't. Like that's you're the gonna video say of JFK it. being shot. Yep. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're still the on ham- this, huh? <laughs> What's that? It's we're still on this, huh? Andrew, oh, we're not gonna get off of it. <laughs> Andrew, yeah. bad news. The second limited series of the Umbrella Academy, I remind you, is entitled Dallas. Anyway, right. the handler. Oh man, I thought it was based on the eighties, <laughs> the eighties uh, drama Dallas. <laughs> the handler returns to the commission, only to find out she has been demoted by Carmichael. Carmichael again, a goldfish. The, the, the goldfish yeah. robot. Yeah. Vanya All goes. Right, I'm to- back in. I'm back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vanya goes to pick up Carl, who is drunk at Jack Ruby's club, and Vanya is noticed by Luther. Meanwhile, Five, Diego, and Lila watch a film that Hazel gave to number five. This goes down at a guy named Elliot's house. Elliot is as important as Eudora Patches. Good. (laughs) Do you, did you guess that Sir Reginald Hargraves was on the scene at the JFK assassination? I mean, I, I should have guess it, but it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So Allison's husband gets arrested and bonds with Klaus, who is also in jail, but is about to be released. For cult-related things. Yeah. (laughs) Allison, after Klaus has been released, comes to visit her husband, whose name is Ray. I don't know that I ever put his name in here, but his name is Ray. Uh, Comes to visit Ray in prison and notices that there are other inmates with Klaus's same hand tattoos, which you can see in the pictures in the Imger link. One hand says hello and one hand says goodbye. Luther realizes Vanya doesn't recognize him. Diego and Five sneak into Reginald's facility. They meet a young Pogo. Diego fights Reginald and then Diego gets stabbed. And that's the end of the episode. Are they wait? Are they setting up so they're they're bringing in a, a time displaced Pogo so that they can keep Pogo alive? Is that what's happening here? Yeah. Yep. 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 Matt's like shaking it. his head. <laughs> it's not really or a time displaced Pogo. It's yeah, just the, this. This is the 1963 Pogo. He's well, not displaced and yet, and they're yeah. well, suggesting that he will be displaced soon. They're gonna take him yeah. back to this the 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 primary timeline so that they have a Pogo, right? Well, their their original timeline got nuked. It's gone, right? Yeah, like, there is no oh, timeline. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So got it. Now, okay. now the timeline they are in, in the sacred. This is in the sacred timeline. Yeah, this is now the sacred timeline. Yeah. So to clear things up a little bit in the timey wiminess, Umbrella Academy doesn't really work in the way that the Marvel Universe does where there's like branch timelines and shit the idea of umbrella academy is that there is one timeline it's it's back to the future rules it's back to the future rules so the apocalypse happens in 2019 Mm. the umbrella academy is trying to stop the apocalypse they failed and are now in the 60s needing to prevent another apocalypse so that they can then go and prevent the 2019 apocalypse cool right on All right, so moving on, the next episode is called The Swedish Job. Lila and Diego bang. Then they bang (laughs) a lot throughout the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. They just kind of bang. The Swedes chase Vanya, but she power bursts them in a cornfield, which gives us a really good crop circle as a bit. It's cool. It's a fun bit. Allison reunites with Klaus, who then sends Ghost Ben to bust Ray out of jail. Ray finds Luther at Ray and Allison's house, but then Luther gets all sad and leaves when he figures out that they're married because, again, Luther wants to bang Allison. (laughs) Klaus meets a younger Dave. Do you remember Dave? I don't remember Dave. Dave is Klaus's lover from the Vietnam War. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So Klaus meets a younger Dave at a paint store And then tells Ben that he wants to prevent Dave from enlisting in the army. Mm. Allison and Ray participate in a sit-in. Ray is arrested. Allison uses her power to stop the cops beating Ray. And Ray runs away from her. Because he was like, well, you're a black woman. You told white cops to stop beating a black man. And they did it. And that kind of freaks him out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lila bounces on Diego and big reveal, she works for the commission, but more specifically, Lila works for her adoptive mother, the handler. Oh, Uh, next episode, the majestic 12, the handler tells Lila to protect number five at all costs. Vanya learns that she caused the first apocalypse and then she's like, I'm going to go back to the farmhouse with Sissy Carl and Harlan. <laughs> kind of has a like, a, huh, reaction to it. Like, yeah, that's weird. Huh. 
<laughs> Allison won't tell Ray about her powers, so they like kind of break up. And then she meets up with Luther, who fills her in on the coming apocalypse. Diego, Lila, and Five go to a party to try and corner Reginald, and then they meet Human Grace with Hoomst Reggie Bangs. (laughs) The Swedes attack this party, and Lila prioritizes protecting number five over helping Diego, which Diego does not like. Meanwhile... <laughs> Harlan, remember him? He's the mm-hmm. kid of the family. Overhears oh, yeah. Vanya saying she's going to leave. So he runs away and drowns in a lake. But <laughs> Vanya oh, okay. uses her powers to save him and then decides that she should stay with the family because Harlan is a suicide machine and might die if she leaves. It is implied, because right. I don't think like the terminology existed in the 60s, it is implied Harlan has autism. Yes. And like uh, Vanya is the first person to like connect with this child. So like Sissy and Carl, are they the parents? Yep. Like have a vested interest in keeping Vanya around once that connection kind of hap- mm. happens. Yeah. Before this episode wraps up, Klaus tries to talk to Dave. It does not go well. And then Luther gets high. End of episode. Cool. Hmm. Next episode is entitled Valhalla. Vanya and Sissy bang. Yeah. And then they bang a lot okay. more. Mm-hmm. Nice. Luther- I think this episode, this is probably, I think this is the last episode I've seen. But we'll okay. see. Cool. Luther tells Five and Diego that he tried to talk to Reginald when he first arrived in Dallas. But Reginald turned Luther away, saying that he hates kids and he would never adopt seven of them. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. That's funny. The band all gets back together and go looking for Reginald, convinced they're in Dallas to, say it with me, kids, prevent Prevent the JMJ assassination. Power yeah, of friendship. friendship. Five kicks Lila out of the group, so she goes back to the handler to lure Five into a meeting at an abandoned warehouse. And then one of the Swedes explodes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, just like happens? Yep, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I was not ready for that. <laughs> no. Vanya finds out that Sissy, (laughs) while banging Vanya, is also still banging Carl. So then Vanya leaves. Luther and Diego receive an invitation to a dinner with Reginald. Klaus goes back to his cult, and Allison tells Ray everything. Now, do you have any other questions or thoughts about episode Valhalla? I can't. I can't. I can't get past it. I can't get past it. The Swedes explodes. The Swede. Okay. The Swede. One of the Swedes explodes. Okay. <sighs> We're working through it. All right. Let's go. Let's keep pushing. All right. Nice. Next episode is entitled "A Light Supper." The handler tells Number Five that she'll send the whole Umbrella Umbrella Academy back to 2019 safely if he kills the commission board at their quarterly meeting. Because the entire board meets once a quarter. (laughs) The six siblings do dinner with Reginald, and he pretty much just tells them all to fuck off. 
Good. Diego tells Grace that Reginald is going to kill JFK. <laughs> Sissy and Vanya bang again, but Carl <laughs> sees it this time. And then the handler tells the Swedes that it was Diego that caused their brother to explode. So they go kill Elliot, who again isn't important. (laughs) (laughs) Next episode is entitled Oga for Oga, which is Swedish for eye for an eye. Uh. Yeah. Number five kills the board and is given 90 minutes to gather everyone for departure. Now I have seems, to seems like seems like he'll succeed in that. Yeah. Certainly. <laughs> I have to take a minute here and say that the scene of five assassinating the board is one of the most fun scenes in two seasons of Umbrella Academy. And me talking about it isn't gonna do it justice. What? But I is very it much set, it. is it set to a cool licensed song? A hip licensed it, song? I'm sure that it is, but I don't remember what it is and I didn't okay. look. Okay. I'm going, right, I'm going so, to IMDb. I'll interrupt it in two episodes, I'm sure. Please do. <laughs> Good luck. So after five is given 90 minutes to gather everyone for departure, the handler assumes control of the commission. Allison decides to take Ray to the new timeline. And then they're attacked by the Swedes. And then Allison <laughs> makes one Swede kill the other Swede. Cool. Yep. Klaus allows Ben to possess him so that Ben can talk to a cult follower that he has fallen in love with. Again, <laughs> Ben is a ghost and is dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vanya decides that she's going to take Sissy and Harlan to the new timeline, but Sissy left a note for Carl, and they're headed off by the cops, who Vanya fights, but Vanya is knocked out. The 90-minute deadline passes, and number five must throw away their only ticket home. That 90 minutes seemed a bit unfair. Yeah, it's a little tight. Yeah. Next episode is called The Seven Stages. Vanya is drugged and tortured. It's largely insinuated that this is because of the Red Scare, because her name is Vanya. Also, she speaks Mm. Russian. They've never mentioned that she speaks Russian before, but she speaks Russian. They also famously loved... um, homosexual relationships in the 60s as well. Oh, it was everybody's favorite. Yeah, Yeah. big fan. Mm. So while being drugged and tortured, she begins to remember her past. Grace breaks up with Reginald over the whole killing the president thing. Lila kidnaps Diego and forces him to work for the commission in exchange for ass. An old version of Five shows up and hijinks ensue. Young Five wants to get Old Five's briefcase so they can go home because Old Five works for the commission and is here to, say it with me, assassinate, assassinate JFK, JFK, the power of friendship. Uh, like I said, there there's two fives now. Hijinks are happening. Um, also, Luther is with both fives and is not having a good time. <laughs> Back at the commission, Diego meets a nice man named Herb who shows him the events of November 22nd, 1963. Vanya, in the events of November 22nd, 1963, destroys the FBI building, (laughs) and JFK isn't assassinated, which leads to World War III because it's assumed that the Soviets blew up the FBI building, and so we nuke Russia. Because it's Vanya. Amazing. Uh, Cool. Okay, Uh, that is cool. Diego escapes from the commission and he 
Klaus and Allison try to stop Vanya, but the torture has caused her powers to overload, and that's where we end this episode. The next episode, entitled 743, with the others unable to reach Vanya, Ben enters her mind, because Ben is a ghost, Mm -hmm. and they share (laughs) the most heartbreaking moment of two seasons of TV, and Ben saves the day. I watched this episode at like 9 a.m., and I cried so hard on the way to work (laughs) that it was not fair. Wow. Anyway, turns out Harlan is somehow connected to Vanya, so her powers exploding cause him to also begin to explode. Also, I, I just realized that I didn't make that last point very clear. When Ben saves the day, he does so by sacrificing himself, and no more ghost Ben. Oh, Oh, no more ghost Ben. That is sad. Anyway, Harlan's exploding. Sissy holds a gun at Carl, almost shoots Harlan, but uh, an exploding Harlan redirects the bullet and kills Carl. That's good. That makes sense? It does. Wait, which one's Harlan? Harlan's Harlan's the kid. Harlan's the kid. Yeah. Oh, right. Carl's the dad. Sissy is the the woman Vanya's banging. How did Harlan redirect the bullet? Powers. Powers. Okay. Yeah. Diego. So is the slow gotcha. Okay. No, because he's Vanya. Yeah. Cause he's like his power. No, I'm Vanya. Ha- You're Diego. <laughs> ha- uh, who's Vanya and Harlan are, are tied. Some we don't know how okay. yet, but they're connected. Yeah. Okay. My question is is Harlan's exploding like a a slow explosion, like someone holding a power stone type yes. explosion. Yeah. Okay. This isn't exactly like that. It's not like five seconds expanded out to like a whole episode kind of thing. No, okay, <laughs> that'd be okay. kind of rad. It would be, and the, I expect it from this at this point. Like I wouldn't be surprised, but yeah. So anyway, back at the commission, nice guy Herb discovers that Old Five was the one who killed Lila's parents. Nice guy Herb tells Lila, and then she confronts her mother who conveniently omits the fact that her mother was the one to give the orders to kill Lila's parents. Ah, oh. Good. Well. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. Young Five and Luther defeat Old Five and send him back to the original doomed timeline, but destroy his briefcase in the process. Now, a little, a little clarification on the timey-wiminess. This Old Five is the one who went back in time and showed up as young five at Reginald Hargrave's so, funeral. So this is, okay. So this is it's, the inciting five. It's almost five. like, yeah. it's almost as if an older version of this person is going back in time to younger versions to create an army of himself. Now that would be a wild plot <laughs> twist. We've never seen that before. Shut the hell up, Andrew. What, Nobody even what, gets your right. Kingdom Hearts references. I was, okay, was, was going to say, I was like, what is Andrew done, referencing? Done, I forgot. He done, he done got Norded. Oh, yeah. oh, he done got Norded. Okay. He done got, got Norded. I got it. That's okay. I hate myself, it's, too. It's been a Kingdom Hearts all the whole time. The real, JFC, <laughs> the real JFK assassination is the Kingdom Hearts we made along the way. How many zippers are there? <laughs> what the fuck is, is that question. sentence? <laughs> Somebody needs to pull that sentence for the cold open of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. All right, anyway, so like I said, Young Five and Luther defeat Old Five, but when they do, they destroy his time-traveling briefcase. 
because the FBI building now didn't explode, the Umbrella Academy successfully ensure that JFK is assassinated, I thus like preventing World War III. Mission I feel accomplished. Like when when you said something didn't explode and the protagonist successfully did something, everyone should cheer. But the back <laughs> half of that sentence is ensure the assassination of JFK. Exactly, yeah. it is. Yep. Which again, I guess we're cheering we, for. We it's we're cheering for because the timeline is preserved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, we're the TVA now, Todd. Fair. So now remember, Reginald was banging Grace who is a human at this point and not a robot mom. And Grace... Important distinction. (laughs) ...was really upset that Reginald was going to kill the president. So Reginald decided he wasn't going to kill the president. But the president got killed anyway. So Reginald (laughs) is really pissed off about that, and he goes to the Majestic 12 meeting, who were the people who orchestrated the assassination of JFK... And then he reveals that he's an alien and he fucking kills them all. Fucking kills all of the Majestic 12. Illuminati is, is no more. Cool. Is this the moment that we find out he's an alien or did we actually know that earlier? This is the moment this is when that we, we find, find out, out he's okay. an alien. Because cool. I, I, I did not get to this episode and was unaware that, that Reginald was an alien before yeah. we started recording. Fade to black with the handler telling the commissioned soldiers to prepare for war. So, as we roll in to the season finale of season two of Umbrella Academy, we have assassinated JFK, stopped the explosion of the FBI building, prevented World War III, pissed off the commission. It's kind of where we're at. So, season finale, the siblings learn that they are suspected of assassinating JFK and wanted as terrorists. <laughs> well, okay, Amazing. can we be surprised at this point? <laughs> they've, they've tinkered with so much. Vanya senses that Harlan is in trouble, so everybody goes to the farm. <laughs> Vanya kills like a ton of commission agents before it is revealed that Lila can mirror the powers of the Umbrella Academy. Ooh. I am saying oh. that those three bullet points skimmed through like 25 minutes of fighting so okay. i i jumped but not a lot of plot happens set set to oops i did it again by britney spears yeah <laughs> so lila can mirror the powers of the umbrella academy the siblings reveal to lila that the handler had her parents killed and that she is one of the 43 surprised babies Born October 1st, 1989. Lila is one of the 43 surprise babies. Yes. But then the handler shoots and kills everyone and then is shot by the last Swede and everyone is dead. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Mortally wounded. Five goes back in time a few minutes to stop the handler. The last Swede kills her anyway and agrees to end the hunt for the Umbrella Academy and Lila escapes off into the sunset. Vanya takes her powers back from Harlan, but she and Sissy break up anyway. And what they kind of hand wave over, and this is like, this was the one thing that I was like, "Eh, fine, all right. Uh, When Harlan drowned, Vanya used her powers to save him, and they kind of played it as like a, she can use her powers to, to generate a heartbeat. But what really happened was that she like, 
infused him with some of her powers. Okay. Which is what created mm. that link. So okay. now she, he's alive and she takes her powers back. It's iffy at best. It's a reverse rogue <laughs> situation. Maybe yeah. you gotten this far in the show. Maybe they needed to... another episode to fill that out and Netflix we... didn't give it to them kind of thing. We didn't I got, talk this much about the tentacles coming out of the portal in the kid's skin, so maybe we probably don't worry about this that one. Yeah, Fair enough. Exactly. Yeah. Move, al- move along. Yep. So, nice guy Herb is now leading the commission because, I remind you, the board was killed at their quarterly KPI meeting, <laughs> yep. and the handler was just shot by a Swedish man. So, nice guy Herb is now in charge, and he offers okay. to send the Umbrella Academy home to a new timeline that is now not being destroyed in the apocalypse. <laughs> we got this brand new fresh timeline over here. Why don't you just head over here? Um, where were they keeping that timeline? They just that just that just exists. It just exists. Yep. Well, it's, it, it okay. didn't it wasn't gonna happen if oh, yeah. JFK didn't die. Yeah, they they altered They they just stopped a different apocalypse though. They didn't stop the 2019 apocalypse. So to step back from the bit, (laughs) the answer here is that much like in the Loki series, there are scheduled apocalyptic events throughout the timeline and the handler and the previous board of the commission felt it vital to preserve the flow of time, thus ensuring that all of those apocalypse happened. But now that nice guy Herb is in charge Nice guy Herb can say, we're just going to wipe the 2019 apocalypse and you don't have to worry about that. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So the Umbrella Academy returned to 2019. They go back to the Umbrella Academy mansion, expecting to find it as destroyed as it was when they left 2019. But what they discover is a still alive Sir Reginald Hargraves who formed a group called the Sparrow Academy instead of the Umbrella Academy, consisting of five different children, a floating green cube, and a still alive, much more angsty Ben. And that is where we fade to black on season two of the Umbrella Academy. I have a quick question about the composition of the cube. Is it hit me? Is it slime? Is it light? Is it some is it some other thing? It is some other thing. It looks like a black cube with green inlay. It looks kind of like my D&D dice, if we're being honest. There okay. is. I know. Okay. I it's know a D6. For, it's Matt's an anthropomorphized D6. Got it. For the Sparrow Academy, I know they have released portraits of the cast. Okay. Yes. And that was a post on some social media platform. We have the casting, and we have a little bit about each character. Um, I don't go into it too much here. The Sparrow Academy is in the comics, but hasn't really been fleshed out yet. My favorite thing about the comic Sparrow Academy is that the cube is there, but also one of the members of the Sparrow Academy is a sentient blob who works like a voodoo doll and can inflict (laughs) pain on itself to inflict pain on others. And that's kind of fun. Amazing. (laughs) All right. So that's the end of season two of the Umbrella Academy. Season three is due out at some point in the year of our Lord 2022. We don't have an official release date yet, but we can assume a few things. The series will feature the aforementioned Sparrow Academy, a group who we have met in the comics. The Sparrow Academy was introduced in the Hotel Oblivion arc of the comics, but we don't know much about them. 
One is a cube, one is a blob, five are people. The fourth comic series, which hasn't been released yet, but is titled Sparrow Academy, is expected to give us the origin of the Sparrow Academy. We know the episode titles of season three, the last of which is Oblivion. Safe to say, the series will draw heavily from the Hotel Oblivion arc, much like season one did with Apocalypse Suite and season two did with Dallas. And that, my friends, is all I know about the Umbrella Academy. Wow. Uh, amazing. What a journey. What, what an absolute <laughs> adventure we've gone mm-hmm. on today. So give me, I mean, I know we've all, we've all said a lot as this episode has gone on and we're encroaching into the second hour. So I want to wrap this up, but tell me your overarching thoughts, any remaining questions, any major feelings, how likely are you to watch the umbrella Academy or read the comics? Tell me what you think. Um, I'll go ahead and go first. This is really cool. I really, really like this. And Umbrella Academy is consistently that thing that shows up in the shows people are watching on Netflix. Why aren't you watching it? And (laughs) um, I I will go and watch this. Give this. um, This is what uh, Neon Genesis was to some of you. Uh, This is to me. (laughs) I will. I will watch this. And honestly, I'll make sure I watch it before season three comes out because I'm going to want to watch season three. Yeah, right on. I think this objectively might be, if not one of, if not the craziest, one of the craziest things that we have ever covered in Flavor Text. Which is saying something. Which is it really saying is. Something. It is saying something. But but in a in a way different from man turns into monster and explodes the planets and creates the nine planets. Uh, the monster it it's good crazy it's, it's un- like mm-hmm. it's, it's unashamedly crazy. crazy which yeah um amory wars like kind of also is but it's also unashamedly like it it allows its ridiculous beats to be ridiculous and then doesn't try to explain them which is where which amory wars amory wars missteps. definitely does do yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. every there's it my issue with every other ridiculous story we've talked about is that mm-hmm. it tries to explain away yep. the ridiculousness. And this just lets things be absurd and move on, which is what is, is like how ridiculous things are is how we deal with ridiculous things in our life yep. is like something just happens to you and then you got to deal with it. You don't get yeah. an explanation to like make you feel better about why that yeah. ridiculous thing happens. It just happens. And then you got to deal with it. And I mean, perfectly said it's, it's why we collectively love the guardians movies and yeah. why we did not like eternals. Like yeah. That, yeah. That, that is the, that is the one difference right there. Mm-hmm. I will say, I think the word that we're all like bushing around right now is camp. There is yeah. a healthy <laughs> amount of camp in umbrella mm-hmm. Academy that makes it fun to read or watch. And I've watched a lot of superhero stuff. I like a lot, like almost all, not all, but a lot. Most, I would say I've watched most of the superhero stuff and umbrella Academy doesn't feel like any of that stuff. You know, we drew a lot of lines as we were walking through the story of this is like this, or this is like this. And there are similarities and story beats that are similar, but this does not feel like any other 
story that I have read. The closest thing that I like kind of relate it to is Marvel's Runaways, which is created in a similar vein to be an anti normal superhero Mm -hmm. found family trope. But the Umbrella Academy, specifically the Netflix show, does a really good job of building this world that is entertaining to be in for two seasons without feeling contrived. And the moments that feel like, oh, of course we're doing the JFK assassination get camped up enough to make them fun to watch. It's it's Mm -hmm. a superhero story without a morality tale, which then allows the camp to just be camp. Um, when you, when you have the camp and you try and bring the morality back into the, like the conclusion of it is when you kill all the camp and, um, this doesn't seem to do that. Like Deadpool. Deadpool is the same idea. Yeah. Deadpool is the same idea. Well, with all of that said, I think that this is a good place to wrap it up. So I will go ahead and say, thanks for listening to debate this. You can follow along with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at DebateThisCast, or on our website at DebateThisCast.com. If you'd like to commission your very own flavor text, you can head on over to Patreon.com slash DebateThisCast. You'll also find ways to join our Discord community, gain access to bonus content, and join us for Patreon-exclusive movie nights. We all watched 2015's Fan 4 Stick together last (laughs) night, and it was super good bad. If Patreon isn't your speed, we'd really appreciate it if you went back and found your favorite flavor text and sent it to one of your friends. The sharing of flavor text is likely to prevent apocalypses at large. Until next time, I'm Matt Cole. I'm Andrew. The next entry on our Musicians Creating Comic Books is Uzo by Jason Derulo Henderson. I'm Todd. Allison Hargreaves wants to be in The Rumor Where It Happened. Thomas. Um, I'm Kyle. My favorite My Chemical Romance song is Shot by the Last Swede, Harper. (laughs) And we're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds.